listening to this podcast right now. Do you want to hear a fucking podcast about anything and everything? Yeah. Like movies, oh my music, God. television, and more? Oh my God. Well, you've come to the right place. Yes. Subscribe to Journey into Comics Network, and you get Podcastrophe, oh hosted God. by me, yes. Dick. Why not throw a couple bucks to the Patreon? It's your yes. choice. Yeah. This is a Podcastrophe. That sounds so awesome. The following, the following, the following. Journey, into journey into comics. 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 Network. 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 Production. Production. To a nicer guy, it couldn't happen. I am the man of the hour. The man with the power. Diamonds are forever. He put hard times on Dusty Rhodes and his family. And what you gonna do, Andre? History beckons the macho man. Yeah. The best there is. The best there was. Austin 316 says I just whipped your ass. Two words for you. Two words. The Do I have everybody's attention now? What's up, ladies and gentlemen? Welcome back to another episode of Journey into Wrestling. It's season three, episode eleven. As always, I'm your host, Nate. Hope everybody's doing fantastic on the first Wednesday of 2019. We are here. It is a brand new year, but not a whole lot has changed. I am without co-host yet again. So let's get right down into it. We've got a bunch of wrestling shit to talk about. There's like a whole bunch of different places we can go. I feel like we need to cover the breaking news first, the imminent news. You guys have probably been hearing it all around that uh, this morning, well... Well, last night, the cl- the clock struck zero. And last night when the clock, uh, in fact, did strike zero, we ended up with an amazing thing happening because the elite, the, the elite, are going to be creating their own promotion, their own wrestling promotion. All elite wrestling is here, double or nothing, uh, they're trying to get something announced here pretty soon. I feel like they've, they're going to like probably do another major pay-per-view not in the not-too-distant future, kind of how they did the Chicago All-In. They'll do a secondary pay-per-view elsewhere, and then after that second pay-per-view, they'll really have things solidified for their complete roster and all that. I'm just That's just me speculating. I will say they haven't finalized who the, who the roster is, who's going to be doing what, when, if there's a TV deal, if the TV deal happens, where is it going to be? Through who? What's the time slot? Oh, there's literally so many fucking questions that come out of this first bit of news last night. So the Being the Elite episode for New Year's, an elite uh, New Year or whatever, came out. And they all got their phones. They were all in Tokyo and Japan. And when the clock struck midnight and they all looked at their phones and looked at each other. And the, it was funny. They did the gag where nothing happened. Like, I don't have anything. Nothing's happening. I got this fucking counter for nothing. This is stupid. Like, uh, what the fuck? So then it finally got happens, and, and everybody but Paige has the, the Double or Nothing logo, and then he goes, I got something different, and it's the All Elite Wrestling logo, which looks fucking fantastic. So it's really, really, really cool to hear that these guys are going to be going on their journey and making their own promotion because, listen... They put on a hell of a pay-per-view event in All In back in September. It's unforgettable. It might be 
I mean, to talk about like an event of the year, it might be the best, biggest thing that happened in wrestling in 2018 as far as, uh, I mean, and I mean, there were so many crazy stories that broke going into 2018. We had the Roman Reigns thing, uh, going out with leukemia. We've got the Becky Lynch evolution that is 2018, the return and resurgence of Daniel Bryan and all these other things. But really, 2019 sees the landscape of wrestling seismically shift because Cody, the Bucks, all these guys are not just going to be doing this. Oh, it's great. Woohoo. We're doing it for ourselves. They've got friends and they have stakes in this too. You know, and I think it's very interesting to note that there's already word going around that there are WWE superstars that already are eyes locked in place. Um, sources saying, I also know some popular WWE wrestlers watching what happens with All Elite Wrestling very closely as they're unhappy creatively and looking for a change of scenery. And man, uh, there is... There's some uh, theories I have on who those people might be. We're going to see here in one, one second. But, uh, yeah, as noted, the Elite will be holding a double or nothing rally on Tuesday, January 8th in Jacksonville, Florida. Uh, more information will be released as it pertains to all-ins, follow-up, pay-per-view, and the new promotion uh, next Tuesday, I do believe that is. So look forward to that, guys, and, and I can't wait to see what the official announcements are. You know, it's cool because you, you – Make an announcement like this, and you kind of ghost. Now the internet's hyped, and the the fans, we, the people, are doing all the work for All In and the Elite and, and that whole crew and anybody that's going to be um, going All In, as it were, because they just set the tone now. Good wrestling is not something unattainable. Great wrestling with clever storylines and being able to... I mean, think about the, the elite television show that we have now and how they do that with a slightly higher production value. They still have complete control, but also seeing behind the scenes of their promotion and shit. Like, it's going to be... It's going to be insane. Now, to think about who in the WWE is unhappy, who could we see at some point maybe jump ship, maybe leave... One name that just screams at me loud and proudly is Finn Balor, uh, former leader of the Bullet Club. Yeah, he's the first universal champ ever. He holds the title the shortest amount of time, the shortest title reign in that title's history is uh, Finn Balor, the Demon King, as he uh, immediately has to relinquish it the following day to, I guess, is maybe, maybe that's not true because I feel like maybe somebody has been cashed in on. I need to go back and check on that. But, but yeah, let's see. Let's actually look. Let's let's, let's just look that up now. Uh, shortest universal title reign. Bam. Uh, universal champ. Um, somebody only held. Tw- oh, so it was. It was in fact Finn Balor, who only held it for a day, twenty-two hours to be exact. Um, KO being the second champ holding it for the second longest reign ever, being 188 days behind Brock Lesnar's impressive 503 days. So, uh, of course, he loses that to Roman. So, you got Finn, who's very unhappy. 
with how he has been utilized. He's not gotten back to the echelon they kind of promised him when he came up from NXT. I mean, you got to think he was the man on NXT killing it and then moved up. They were going to crown him and then he gets hurt and they've just been hesitant to pull the trigger ever since. And I think that's actually hurting Finn's stock, meaning now might be a good time for him to consider jumping ship and going to a new promotion. I mean, who knows what the contracts have or how that's all going to shake out. We will have to wait and see. I could see another guy, someone like Dolph Ziggler, possibly leaving. I mean, I know he is a WWE born and bred boy. However, underutilized. Zack Ryder, another guy underutilized. These guys might not be necessarily what you would expect for all in to pick up as far as talent but there are a lot of people that are unhappy who may be given a different circumstance in an already hyped environment I mean listen Zack Ryder has been over and been so over and never been given the push I mean the closest thing was getting the IC title at Wrestlemania and that's it I mean that's his benchmark so put him in all elite wrestling let him recreate himself Zacky R or something, you know, like something clever like that. I don't know fucking know, but whatever it may be. I mean, he probably would never leave because, again, he's a WWE boy. But you look at it, there there are Shinsuke Nakamura could possibly leave. He has a great history and past with the Bullet Club and some of those guys. Uh, it'd be interesting to see Cody lure some people from that roster over, and who knows what could happen there. Uh, do we have anything else about the Double or Nothing? Well, I do want to say, just in case you happen to be in the Jacksonville, Florida area, uh, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on January 8th, there's a free rally for the fans featuring a featuring a special announcement from the Elite. Now, featured on the poster, you've got Cody, the Bucks, Hangman, Page, Brandy, and SoCal Uncensored. Uh, plus more special guests. I'm in StarCast Pro Wrestling teaser on there. Merch and meet and greets to follow, depending on weather event may be moved inside Daily's Place Amphitheater. Live stream of Rally will be announced soon. So they got big stuff for this plan. This is not just a, a privatized thing. We will probably all be watching uh, in the wings and waiting to see what comes from this. So that's really exciting. Now, to talk about things that are also exciting, it is January. January is now like a really special time of year because we don't just have a WWE event that's major and that has some long-term traction in the Royal Rumble. We also have this amazing Wrestle Kingdom card that every year Wrestle Kingdom delivers. Uh, I started watching them two Wrestle Kingdoms ago at, what was that, uh, 10 or 9? 10, 10 was uh, AJ... Shinsuke, so that was the one, and then 11 was um, Omega Alpha, right, Alpha uh, uh, Y2J versus Kenny Omega, um, so this year, we're gonna, we're gonna break it down, we're gonna talk about it, and we're gonna, we're gonna break down this card here, run it down for you guys real quick, so, in the preliminary match of the evening, a gauntlet match to determine the number one contenders to the Neverweight Open six-man tag team champions. We have the most violent players, which is Togi, Makabe, and Toru Yano versus uh, er, to, blah, 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 blah. Togi, Makabe, and Toru Yano and Ryusuke Taguchi versus Yuji Nagata, Jeff Cobb, and David Finley versus Chaos, which is Hiroki Goto, Beretta and Chucky e. T. Obviously, Trent Beretta, I think, is is 
who Beretta is. Uh, Suzuki Goon being uh, Minoru Suzuki, Lance Archer, and Davey Boy Smith Jr. versus the Elite Hangman Page, Yurijo, uh, Tan Takahashi, and Marty Skrull. So uh, Takahashi joining the Elite. Kota Bushi versus Will Ospreay singles match for the Never Open Weight Championship. Guarantee you right now, I'm just going to say it here, 11-11 on the 1st of January 2019, a uh, day before you guys are actually listening to this or a few short hours here, that Kota Ibushi, Will Ospreay will maybe, maybe steal the show on this card. Just look at it. It's a sleeper match that I think has not gotten enough respect. It's definitely one to keep your eyes open. Up next, we got Suzuki Goon, which is Yoshinobu Karamaru and El Desperado versus the K, the Three K Show and Yo, versus the Holy Shit, the Los Inglobernals de Japón, Bushi Shingo and Tagaki, Takagi. Um, that's a three-way tag team match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship. Up next, fourth match on the card, we've got um, Tomohiro Ishii versus Zack Zaber Jr. It's a singles match for the British Heavyweight Championship. Um, Ishii being champ coming in. The Gorillas of Destiny. Tama Tonga and Tana, uh, Tana Tanga Loa. I always fuck that up. Versus Sonata and Evil versus the Young Bucks. A three-way tag team match for the IWGP tag team titles here. Gorillas of Destiny coming in as the champs. Also to note, uh, Suzuki Goon comes in as the champs for that last uh, for that three-way tag team match for the Junior uh, Heavyweight Tag Team Championships. Up next, we got Cody. Versus Juice Robinson. Singles match for the IWGP United States Championship. Cody is the champ. That's going to be a barn burner of a match as well. Up next, after that, uh, Kushida versus Taiji Ishimori. A singles match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship. Uh, We've got a... This match is another one that I feel like could steal the show. First of all, you got to give props to, to Jay White. He has been... Since this time last year, we were not really hyped on Jay White and talking about him as much. He has made his way into his version of the Bullet Club. He is now the perennial leader, I guess you would say, of the Bullet Club. And he's making his own thing. Like, I think that's still true, right? He's currently the leader. Maybe maybe I'm wrong about that. I need to actually look that up. Um, Bullet Club. Yeah, 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 yeah. At Destruction, he would attack Okada. And he is, yeah. Yeah, so here's the deal. This is the setup. Is the actual inception of Jay White joining the Bullet Club was at the, he he did that um, essentially to Okada. And, uh, you know, really did a beautiful little heel turn there. Defecting from Chaos to join the Bullet Club, becoming the new leader. And at Power Struggle, uh, White, Jay White, challenged Okada for a match at Wrestle Kingdom 13, which was made official 
by New Japan Pro Wrestling. So that match is just a straight-up singles match. It looks to be just, honestly, there's nothing on the line more than settling a score, and sometimes that's the best kind of match. I feel like these two are going to have a beautiful chemistry. Okada has an ability to genuinely work anybody, and I don't mean he just gets in there and kind of fucking riffs. He has the ability to find some sort of deeper kinetic chemistry with anyone he works. Uh, He did it with Marty Skrull. He did it uh, with Kenny Omega on several occasions. The Jay White match will probably be no different. I don't see it being any different, especially with it being the uh, the first possible match that they have. If it's great, they might have a series. Who knows? Uh, after that, we've got the champion Chris Jericho, Y2J himself, uh, in a singles match for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. He comes in as champ versus Tetsuya Naito. And, uh, yeah, that's going to, again, great fucking match. Keep your eyes... I, I, this. Let me just reiterate this. The whole card's going to be fucking amazing, and I cannot wait to watch it. It happens in just a few short days here. We're only two days away, folks. This happens this weekend, uh, Saturday the 4th, or Friday the 4th. Saturday the 4th? What day's the 4th? I don't know when the 4th is. Friday the 4th. Saturday is the 5th. So it's happening on Friday. So it's soon. It's very soon, you know? And uh, the the Chris Jericho-Nido match is going to be a barn burner. They've had a few, uh, you know, about a year in the making uh, coming to a head here. So that's amazing to see. And then here we go. And this is, I'm going to make some predictions here that maybe people aren't going to like. And I'm actually going to go back and make predictions on all these matches. So just give me one second here. But uh, the final match on the card is going to be Kenny Omega coming in as the IWGP Heavyweight Champion versus Hiroshi Tanahashi. That match is going to fucking slay. I've said a lot of fucks tonight. This is a very fuck-heavy episode, but it's just a word. It's just a word I use. I'm very excited. Let's go back to it. We're going to go down the match card here. We've got the gauntlet match determined number one contenders for the Neverweight Open six-man tag team title. Just looking at this, I think... Suzuki Goon will win. I feel like they have a good shot to become in line for the never open weight six man tag team titles. However, I mean, it'd be interesting to see Hangman and Marty and uh, Takahashi win. But I feel like here's the weird thing. I naturally book this in my head as, oh shit, the elite should win everything because they're like the fucking people that are the phoenixes rising out of the olden times of the WWE and the the way the system was and creating a new system. Like, Fuck it, we don't have to be in your system. We can have our own system, and it can hopefully be better. And hopefully, as long as it's ran intelligently and with business sense first, it will be better. So uh, I think let's go back to this. Maybe Chaos wins this. Maybe they are in line to get some redemption as well. I would say, final answer, I'll say Chaos wins the gauntlet match. Kota Ibushi will Osprey. Kota Ibushi is champ, never wait open champ. Osprey coming in as challenger. Kota Ibushi will retain. I think they're going to put on a hell of a match. I think Will Osprey might even get robbed of this match. Like, it might be a close, ridiculous, his shoulder could have been up decision kind of thing. But... 
ultimately, these guys are going to work each other amazingly. I don't think they crown Will Ospreay on this night. Up next, the Suzuki Goon, Rapongi 3K, and uh, Los Globernals de Japan. I'm probably fucking that one up. Sorry, I don't speak Spanish. Uh, it's a three-way tag match for the Junior Heavyweight Tag Championships. Uh, Suzuki Goon is going to retain. Uh, although I think Sho and Yo have a chance to actually be champs. Maybe not tonight. Ishii versus Zack Sabre Jr. for that British Heavyweight Championship. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. will win this match. He will become British Heavyweight Champ. I think it's a beautiful place to do it. It'll be a great place to switch the title. Uh, it'll get a great exposure, and I think that's what it really needs right now. Up next, the Gorillas of Destiny with that uh, Sonata and Evil team versus the Young Bucks three-way for the IWGP Tag Titles. I think the Gorillas of Destiny, again, retain, looking at the fact that this new promotion is going to change what the Bucks, Cody, Hangman, Kenny, all these guys, I almost see, you know, maybe it's a little bit confusing here, but I feel like the Bucks lose this match to the Gorillas of Destiny, okay? Then Cody's going to win against Juice Rob Robinson. I, I, I think Juice has a chance, maybe, or maybe there's going to be shenanigans or something crazy's going to happen and Cody's going to lose by ridiculousness or something. But I think Cody's a pretty clear-cut winner on there. Uh, Kushida versus Taiji Ishimori. I think this match is one that I am not well enough versed on either of these competitors, but I think you almost look at this as a lock and go. Kushida has to just retain. It makes the most sense. Uh, Okada versus Jay White. Okada gets redemption here because he will quote-unquote win, but it will be because he wins by disqualification because Jay White and Bullet Club will come out, beat the shit out of him, shenanigans. Again, I think it's a fun play. That's just me riffing on this. Sometimes New Japan just does their own thing, and I, it's fun to just say things that might not happen because sometimes they will go with the crazy shit. You know, who would have expected the next match to, to kind of kick off because Jericho attacked Naito, right? So Chris Jericho, Tetsuya Naito, championship is the IWGP Intercontinental Championship. Uh, Jericho will lose to Naito. He's going to lose this match. I think it is a sensible play. He has done an amazing job holding the Intercontinental Championship for a long time now, but I think his time is up, and I think Tetsuya Naito needs the rub more than anything else. Now is the time to give Naito even more star power than he already has. Okay. Up next, Kenny Omega versus Tanahashi for the IWGP title. Match of the year contender already, and we're only in January, I feel. That's that's just an early prediction. And I'm just going to go out on a limb and say it. I think it's time. I think it's time Kenny has a, a clear-cut path to retain. I don't think there should be shenanigans. I don't think there should be bullocks. I think this should be a beautifully well-played down-the-middle match. Back and forth, Tanahashi should be very close to winning, but I do not think at this time they should crown him. Kenny's two over. It, it would just, but maybe they shock us. Who knows? I'm uncertain. So to keep going on why we have an amazing uh, January in front of us, because while the start of this January will have Wrestle Kingdom and the amazing Wrestle Kingdom 13 card, the end might have the beginning of the U era, and I'll get into that in a second, of WWE. 
So here's the funny thing about competition. When competition smacks you in the face, when competition does something outside of the bounds of what you were expecting, it forces you to reevaluate and think. Because until you see competition, you will feel like you are at the top of the mountain. It's a fact. It's a fact in any facet of anything you do, right? If you have competitiveness in you and you see it from that level, you will see that when you are competing, you know, you just have to reevaluate, right? When someone takes takes it up a notch. So WWE definitely has been in the reevaluation mode. I think that All In was a shocker a bit. I think that falling ratings and sales and all these things are a clunker a bit. I think that the uncertainty in the stock market and the future of America is uh, is affecting things too for the WWE a bit. And all those things combined, and you get this really interesting thing where Vince and Stephanie and Shane come out and Triple H come out and they essentially say, this is now your era. We're going to listen to the fans. We're going to make things how you want them. We're going to make matches you want. We're, it's all about you, 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 right? And they really, really, I mean, they went hard and, and definitely pushed that uh I guess, ideology, okay, that they've far too long, that essentially they were making the fans, quote-unquote, the authority. And I think that was the way of saying, like, listen, we've we've been, I know, because of smart marks or whatever, people like me, you know, that uh, it's hard to discern when and where and how and why, but wrestling has got convoluted because they've always been trying to outsmart smart wrestling fans. Because smart wrestling fans know a natural good story progression when we see it and when you see lightning in a fucking pan you jump you run to that ideology and you don't run away from it and when you have an opportunity to crown somebody who is fucking lightning hot because of your crowd don't ignore that because giving into that is going to put more asses in seats it's going to get more people hyped and anticipated giving us not what we want taking away what we want let's say Here's the best example. Shinsuke Nakamura winning the Royal Rumble and then not being the WWE champion and beating AJ Styles and putting on a much slower-paced match than we ended up seeing in that feud. But Shinsuke still never held the title. And that's a misstep. That's the missteps we're talking about. So WWE systematically says we have to reshift, refocus, listen to what you guys have to say. That being said, before we get into anything else... We're going to talk about the Royal Rumble card briefly, what it is now, what it is as of today, and then I'm going to fantasy book what I would do from this day, the 1st of January, until WrestleMania. We're going to cover a couple little award things, and then we're going to get ourselves out of here, because I think, yeah, we've been doing pretty good today, guys. I mean, it's been, uh, there's been a lot to cover, lots to get into here. So, the... The Royal Rumble card, as of right now, and there's not a ton announced, but it, it is important that the first five matches that are announced, do we do talk about them. Obviously, you've got the men's Royal Rumble match, 30-man over the top for a world championship match for the champ of your choosing, either Lesnar at this time or Daniel Bryan at this time at WrestleMania 35. You also have the women's Royal Rumble match at WrestleMania 35 uh, or for a shot at the championship at WrestleMania 35, so 30 women Royal Rumble for the title, or for the shot at the title. He's fucking that up for some reason. It's because I'm I'm a little bit... By the way, I want to totally mention that I've been doing kayfabe like hardcore today because I am sick as fuck. 
I've been like dodging the bullet and not getting sick, not getting sick. Everyone around me has been getting sick and I caught it a little bit and dudes and dudettes and I'm a dude, he's a dude, she's a dude, we're all dudes, I get it, but like, listen, it sucks and the phlegm shit is not cool and I don't want to sit here and cough on the fucking show the whole night, so I'm just like literally nose to the grind right now. I want to get this episode to you and talk about these things, so I'm sorry for the little fuck-ups. So this is a match, uh, Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman, singles match, Universal Championship. Also, you got Buddy Murphy versus Callisto versus Akira Tozawa uh, versus TBD, one of our favorites, TBD, in a fatal four-way for the WWE Cruiserweight Championship. Uh, And then lastly announced currently is the singles match with Daniel Bryan taking on AJ Styles for the WWE Championship. And we're going to briefly mention the people that are... In uh, in the Rumble as of right now, we've got R-Truth who will enter at number 30. There's no surprise about who number 30 is. Same with Carmella and the women's. They won the Mixed Match Challenge. That gives them the availability to enter at number 30 in their respective Rumbles. We have Drew McIntyre who's also entered Big E, Kofi Kingston, and Xavier Woods. Okay. Uh, we then also have in the women's, we have Carmella. Ember Moon, Natalia, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Ruby Riot, Liv Morgan, and Sarah Logan. So those are cool. So now you're probably wondering, what do you do? What are we going to do? How are we going to do it? What would we do if we, you want me to be the authority, right? You want me to talk about what I would do. So let's talk about that men's Royal Rumble match first. There's a name as of right now who's not on that on that list of people who are going to be entering. We know he'll be in it, though. His name is The Miz. I genuinely heartfeltedly believe that The Miz is your winner if you plan. Now listen, this is very important. The Miz will be their winner if they plan to utilize that storyline to essentially MacGuffin The Miz back to Daniel Bryan. Miz now is a face. Daniel Bryan now is a heel. Tides have turned. You get this big push going into Mania have a chance to make Miz even more over than he already is and really solidify him and DB's feud as the possibly the best thing in modern wrestling. Like, I'm talking current era of product. I don't want to talk about the legacy stuff like your Austin Rocks, your Macho Man Hogan's and shit like that. Like, modern times, Daniel Bryan and Miz might be the best feud if they pull this, this ideology off. So, Miz will win by... I think some hilariousness. Like, if you're going to have him do cheating tactics while he's a semi-face or becoming face, you have to do it almost, like, lovingly, and it'd be like, man, Miz got lucky. It looks like he just lucked out, and, oh, he he might have kind of, like, kind of, you know, played the system, but that's the Miz for you, you know. It rolls under the ropes, hides under the ring, and then jumps in for the end of the match, you know, something like that. Who knows? So then you've got the women's match. Women's match, Royal Rumble, Championship, WrestleMania 35. One thing that's not on this card right now is Becky defending her title against anyone because Becky is no longer champ, as we already discussed. It's fucking crazy to me that that happened, but it's purposeful. Here's why. So, you have Asuka. She's your champ. She's kicking ass, taking names. Predicted that she was going to win, by the way. Uh, She's kicking ass, taking names. She's the champ right now, okay? You don't use your Royal Rumble winner to get to Asuka. 
use your Becky Royal Rumble winner to go straight to fucking Ronda Rousey. Then you get Becky on Raw. She's on the lightning hot fucking train fast tracking to Ronda. And then they can settle their feud that never even got started because of Nia Jax. So what does that leave Asuka? What would she be doing? What's her purpose? How would you, what could you, why would you utilize any of those things? And you know the the real, I don't think it's necessarily a question, but the real wonder is who else, and let me explain why I'm kind of bullshitting kayfabe in this, who else could you even think that you're going to pull into a match against Asuka for that title in a bigger setting. Going into WrestleMania 35, and it's easy. It's Charlotte. Clearly, Asuka, Charlotte, you put those two together. They can finish the feud. Asuka can attempt. She already technically has a one win over Becky and Charlotte. She doesn't have a one victory over Charlotte on her own, or maybe she does now. I'm not kept up on all the singles matches they've had over there on the Smack Deasy for Sheezy. So, essentially, Asuka Charlotte sets that feud in motion. You've got Becky and Ronda setting that feud in motion. And women's wrestling should be the main event, co-main event of WrestleMania 35. And that's not a fucking joke. Don't put one at the beginning, one at the end. I know you want to kick the show off with a bang. And maybe it'd be cool to have Becky go out there first to whip that ass. Or maybe it's Ronda. but Or maybe it's Charlotte and Asuka. Who knows? But... Uh, let's go back into this. Now, you got Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman here at the Rumble. I predict that Braun's going to win, actually. I think it's time that Lesnar loses the title. You say you're listening to the fans. Well, the fans are salivating for Braun Strowman to be the guy. He has a good opportunity. It even creates an interesting dynamic because then you can almost say that Braun also did a little bit of this. Not all of it now because he is still kind of the monster among men. But they did it for his buddy. I know they haven't been friends on TV, and they've hated each other, but you say that he did it for his buddy, Roman Reigns, and that he wants to be the guy holding the belt when Roman comes back so they can reignite their feud, see? And now Braun having the title is fun because there are other people. I immediately see Samoa Joe being a threat to Braun Strowman. As fucking much as I hate to see this, it might be interesting to see Baron Corbin get the shit kicked out of him again by Braun, but I don't think that Baron should ever be considered to become the guy. I think if you put the universal title on Baron Corbin, you literally should burn that title in a dumpster fire because it's a poor choice. Uh, Daniel Bryan, AJ Styles. So back to the men's Royal Rumble. I said it. You get Miz to win. That means you have Daniel Bryan win here. That means you can have those two feud at Mania. That means it's huge. What does that mean for AJ? There are still people that AJ hasn't worked that I feel they could put in random situations. They could make magic happen out of nowhere. They could ship him off to Raw. I mean, AJ right now is a little bit in flux, especially with the talk that he wants to slow down a little bit right now. And he can't be champ. He can't hold on to a title if you're slowing down. That's okay. AJ busted his ass. He fucking proved himself as one of the greatest WWE champs of all time. Undisputedly, by the way. 
Like you cannot dispute what he did in his short time from the time he debuted at the Royal Rumble a few years back to where we are now, right? So with AJ, you know, I feel like maybe, maybe. See, because if Brock loses, by the way, it's because he's going to UFC soon. And that's a spoiler alert, by the way. But maybe AJ could... God, I don't even know. I don't even know. I just... um, I got to look at the list of people who are currently on the roster is what I really need to do. And, of course, there's not like a, hey, this is what the roster currently looks like. Nope, none of that shit. Show... Oh, okay, so uh, let's see. Of the people that are on SmackDown that AJ could essentially end up feuding with, it would be, oh my God, I know what they need to do with AJ, and, it, and it, it'll it'll help, it'll, it'll change some things up, and it'll give him an opportunity to really have some fun again. AJ needs to be put back with Carl Anderson and Lou Gallows, and they need to go back to kicking the crap out of John Cena, right? John Cena's been showing up here and there. He can go wherever he wants, apparently. Maybe that's a thing you do, right? That's just my thought. Okay, so those are just some of my booking theories, just goofing around. I would just have those guys, you know, you always look from, you jump straight from one to the other. It's Royal Rumble, and then WrestleMania, and then WrestleMania, and then Wrestle. Mania. Speaking of WrestleMania, I can't announce this officially because it's not officially been announced yet, but Walk Among Us is going to be a part of something very special that's going to allow me to utilize my podcast to further help our band by way of being able to shit talk. And the shit talk is actually something that serves a purpose. So when I'm officially allowed to talk about this, this whole mystery that I'm leaving you with right now will be wrapped up into a nice, fine, little teeny tiny, amazing bow. Also, let's go back to that All Elite thing. I could see Sami Zayn possibly leaving for the All Elite Wrestling. I could see people like even Kevin Owens leaving for All Elite Wrestling. Maybe Bobby Roode, if they don't use him better. Uh, You also look at somebody like maybe Eric Young down the road, possibly. A lot of these guys have history, so it's just like you feel like they're going to kind of interconnect, right? Apparently, uh, John Cena got uh, confronted with a fuck. He has a fucking stupid haircut right now. But he, he got confronted by Becky Lynch, and apparently something happened. Uh, this happened on SmackDown. I've not yet watched SmackDown tonight because I'm doing this podcast. I haven't had a chance to do it yet, so I want to check out that thing here. A couple quick awards I want to give out. Usually we do the end of the year awards, but I don't have anybody to really riff ideas off of, so I'd kind of like quick fire think of some stuff that I wanted to talk about. If we were to give a proverbial rookie of the year, right? Who is rookie of the year, in my opinion, in WWE 2018? Man, Ronda Rousey comes to mind. She went from the WrestleMania match to champ to having kind of like an aura about her, and she's undefeated. She has this winning streak. Uh, Excited to see what comes from Ronda Rousey in her future. Uh, Let's also talk about the Tag Team of the Year. Now, Tag Team of the Year, 
I think actually goes to Golden Lovers. Uh, what's that? Ibushi and uh, Kenny Omega. Those two reuniting. They were very popular. It was great. You could also look at the Young Bucks or Undisputed Era. The Lucha Brothers have been great. Uh, Lucha Bros being Phoenix Jr. and Pentagon. Or Phoenix and Pentagon Jr. or something. Right? I'm bad at this, guys. I'm not as good as I once was. I'm not as sharp as I should be. Uh, best on the mic in 2018. I'm just going to come out and fucking say it. There is nobody who's been better on the mic in 2018 than Becky Lynch. She is phenomenal. She delivers. She is clever. She is hilarious. Her Twitter abilities, uh, not just her mic abilities in the ring, but her ability to cut promo on anybody at any place, any time, whether it be Twitter or elsewhere, is amazing. And she's been kicking ass, and she deserves all that adulation, I think, anyways. So, up next, we're going to look at the greatest moment of 2018. And I think that's the coolest thing that happened in 2018 for wrestling. Two moments. I want to talk about the NWA title match where Cody won at All In. And All In as a pay-per-view as a whole. The whole event, which we've already talked about how great it's been all, all, all this episode, this whole episode. And then I also want to talk about women's wrestling as a whole the evolution specifically the rise of becky lynch uh more specifically the first ever all women's pay-per-view there in october which was evolution uh being a part of that history being a part of the fact that we are on the cusp genuinely right now today we are already on the cusp of being in a world where and not too oh not a not too distant future where women will headline wrestlemania and that's well deserved Becky Lynch is the most overstar on television professional wrestling. And I say that because the Bucks and everybody, they don't have the same television exposure, even though they're way over. And that's not even anything we need to question. Right? But who is a breakout star of 2018? This for me is easy. And I didn't even need a list. I don't need to look at nothing. I don't need to say nothing because it's simple. One dude stood out in 2018 as the breakout star, and his name is Velveteen Dream. That dude is fucking incredible. He is totally underutilized, and uh, I think that if he gets moved up to the main roster, it might, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? It might muddy the waters a little bit. He might get lost in the shuffle of teensy-weensy. Uh, but maybe not. Maybe they'll be able to find a good spot for him. Maybe they can utilize him and get the intercontinental belt on him. Hmm? Hmm? I think so. I think that's possible. All right, folks. Well, before we're going to get out of here, we need to do the random number generator because I finally found our amazing list of... It actually remembered the last time. So here we go. I don't remember who we... Who we uh, I don't remember who we highlighted last time, but we're going to generate. Okay, we're going to one, two, three. And oh, oh, we can't do the same number. One, two, three. It's eight. Nope. Can't do the same number. One, two, three. It's ten. Ten is. Oh, it's the Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. Dig it. 
Brother, oh yeah, digging the macho man is here to tell you today that we're coming back to journey into wrestling, brother. Okay, anyways, I'm done doing that. So, man, Macho Man is an amazing athlete. He was an amazing star. And Randy Savage captivated um, people's imaginations. And he did me for sure when I was a kid. He was one of my favorite wrestlers growing up. The big elbow drop off the top rope. And you had the, the oversized hat and the the fucking pomp and circumstance. And the Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, yeah. You know, like, man, that dude was phenomenal. He had amazing matches, whether it was WrestleMania 3 versus Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, WrestleMania 5 versus Hulk Hogan, um, matches versus the Ultimate Warrior and Andre the Giant and Sting, and he worked fucking everybody, man. He was amazing. He's a Hall of Famer, as he should be, right? As he fucking should be. Here's the crazy thing, folks. Macho Man's been gone for eight years. That is crazy to me. So he has been, he had been around. He worked all kinds of matches. Macho King, Miss Elizabeth, his time. He had so many different titles. He was in movies. I mean, his career spans so many things. His legacy goes on forever, and it will go on forever. He held... Uh, the WCW world title four different times. He was the winner of World War III in 95. Who can forget he is a part of one of the greatest, most memorable moments in wrestling history at Bash at the Beach 96 with the infamous Who is the Third Guy, and it was Hulk Hogan to betray him. I mean, come on. It's amazing. Now, his time in the WWF, here are some of the titles he won. He was the WWF Intercontinental Champ. Two-time world heavyweight champ. He won the King of the Ring in the year I was born, which was 87. He was the world he was the WWF World Heavyweight Championship Tournament winner in 88. He was also a Hall of Fame inductee in class of 2015. So Macho, you know, his legacy goes on forever and ever and ever. And uh, you know, he was in Spider-Man, which is cool. Randy Mario Poffo. This is his real name, right? But he was larger than life. And he spent a, a very, very short stint in TNA wrestling. Uh, he confronted Jeff. He was confronted by, by confronting Jeff Jarrett. He'd make his impact debut November 19th, where he confronted the Kings of Wrestling. He would make one final impact appearance November 26th, where he showed up in the show, leading the force against the Kings of Wrestling. On December 5th, at Turning Point, he teamed up with Jeff Hardy and AJ Styles to defeat the Kings of Wrestling, which were Jarrett, Kevin Nash, and Scott Hall. In his last in-ring match, the main event of Final Resolution of 2005 was scheduled to be Jarrett versus Savage for the NWA World Heavyweight Champ. The plan was for Savage to win the championship and then drop it back to Jarrett at the next pay-per-view. However, Savage left due to health concerns. So he already was not 100% healthy then. And only a few short, six short years later, he'd be gone. That's fucking insane, man. And the macho doing, you know, being a part of our random highlight here. You know, I, it just felt right today. I didn't want to talk about Paul Bearer. He's a little too dark and dreary today. Uh, he was my other choice. But I, I, I'm happy we landed on Macho in our second attempt. Uh, folks, thank you guys so much for listening to this week's episode of Journey to Wrestling. The first Journey to Wrestling of 2019. As always, you can listen to us right here on the Journey into Comics Network at journeyintocomics.com where you can get uh, Journey into Comics. 
Poor news, poor entertainment. Foodies watching movies. Adulting ain't easy. Podcast for kids for sale. The Voice of Survival. Caliph Radio. Crucial Tunes. Brews with Dudes. Dungeons with Dudes. Journey into Comics. I think I said that already, but fucking, you guys know. You get all the great shit right here. One feed is all you need. That's the slogan, folks. Also, check us out on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Google Play Music, and Spotify. Just search Journey into Comics Network. That's where you'll get all of our shows. That's where you can subscribe to the one feed. That's all you'll need. And then go to our Patreon if you really, really love us. Throw us a dollar for early access and or exclusive content because as soon as we are done editing stuff, it goes right to you guys first. And if we're late, we also do have exclusive content to appease people. Hey, we need you to be appeased. We need you to be appeased. You know? Um, So, folks, I want to say, once again, thank you so much for checking out this week's episode of Journey into Wrestling. It's Season 3, Episode 11, The Clock Struck Zero. I have been your host, Nate. Have a fantastic time. We'll see you guys later.